0: The Ohio Harness Horseman's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Top of the Stretch is presented by TizWiz. Feed Be the best, outperform the rest. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to TizWiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, TizWiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into TizWiz Feed. Take your racing stable to another level with TizWiz. See the complete line of TisWiz Feeds at TisWizFeeds.com. TizWiz, beat the best, outperform the rest.
1: Today's Top of the Stretch. We welcome trainer, driver, owner, Ed Greeno. Ed Greeno in his racing career shows 708 wins in his career that has spanned something like thirty four years. Three million three hundred and four thousand seven hundred and sixty eight dollars in earnings. As a trainer, one of the few trainer drivers still in the business, one hundred and sixty three training wins and horses that he's trained as one one million two hundred fifty-six thousand two hundred twenty-one dollars. He is the third of four generations involved in harness racing. Truly a family affair. Ed Grino, welcome to Top of the Stretch.
2: Uh, good afternoon, and thanks for having me.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. I've uh, Announced many a races at Delaware and some county fairs with the Greeno family. I don't quite go back I, to your uh, uh, grandfather, but I do definitely go back to your your dad and yourself and now Cody. Has the Greeno fa- Dorsey Greeno would have been your great grandfather, and he got involved in harness racing in 1942, so to speak. Was what did he do before harness racing?
2: Well, actually, uh, Dorsey would have been my grandfather. Okay. And uh, before he was in the horse racing, he had a uh, Plymouth DeSoto dealership. <laughs> and uh, when he sold cars, he also had a uh, livery stable in the back end that they took horses and trade on for the automobiles <laughs> at that time. <laughs> So one
1: thing led to the other.
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Now, his career actually started about 1942, which just to show you how far back that is, folks, that was the year I was born. And he continued to have that operation into the 60s. And then he turned it over, so to speak, to Ed Greenow Sr. And he became a trainer and driver uh he didn't uh, drive all that much i think only nine wins in his career but as a trainer he had 294 wins and won 1,247,818 dollars and when it was decided it time to turn it over he turned it over to his son our guest ed greeno and ed uh right now Your son, Cody, is also involved in harness racing as well.
2: Uh, Yeah, everything has really always been just a family uh, deal. Uh, Who was the trainer at the time really was everybody. Uh, You know, I I remember my grandfather, you know, I started, of course, sitting on his lap training horses. So it's just always been everybody involved together.
1: Have you always been located, uh, the family, in the Finley area?
2: Yes, that's where we've always been.
1: Now, do you have a farm and training track and everything
2: there? Uh, We had a farm for a long time and chose to sell sell that, and we just train at the fairgrounds now.
1: Uh, How many horses are you training right now?
2: Uh, Currently, we have 12.
1: Have you always tried to keep kind of a small stable, or has it been larger at some times?
2: Uh, Through the 80s and 90s, we had usually right around 30, 35 head, and we've just chosen the last probably uh, seven or eight years to cut back a little bit.
1: Now, your dad, Ed Greeno Sr., he's 83 years of age and still active, but uh, does he come out and uh, look at the horses, maybe even jog one occasionally, or has he given that up?
2: Oh, he can't jog anymore. He had a stroke four years ago that kind of took a little toll on him, but uh, he's involved in the everyday, and he is at the barn every morning. Oh, that's good to hear.
1: Now, was there ever a question in your mind when this all developed uh, to do something else besides harness racing?
2: Well, really, for me, no, Uh, because when I, you know, first started when I was about 13, 14, it was at its peak. You know, we were talking the late 70s and early 80s, and things were just really good in the harness racing business then, and I just loved the animals, so that was the route I chose to take.
1: Do you remember your first win in harness racing?
2: I do remember my first win. I'm not going to give you, say, the horse for sure, but it was at the Ottawa, at the uh, Putnam County Fair. That was my first win. Remember, what year would that have been? That would have been around 1981. Mm
1: -hmm. Did you immediately like uh, driving horses?
2: Oh, I've always liked driving horses. I still like driving horses what makes the
1: determination of whether you drive or you turn the lines over to Cody?
2: Well, it's getting more and more where I turn a lot more of them over to Cody. I still have a few owners that prefer that I drive, but uh, he's capable of doing everything I am. So that's, you know, usually just comes down to who's going where. That uh, probably
1: occasionally happens where you'll be at one fair or he might be at another or, one of you is at Sciota or Northfield or something like that, so yep. it's a nice to have a good driver operation.
2: Yep, that's the case today. I'm I'm heading to Cleveland tonight at Northfield, and he's heading to Sciota, so it, it helps in a lot of ways.
1: Did Cody always want to get involved in racing, or did he uh, think of doing something else?
2: Well, he's always liked being around the horses, and it took him a little longer to decide that's what he really wanted to do. Uh, you know, I it, I kind of insisted that he went to school, and uh, he played soccer in college, so that took a little bit of time away from it. But in the last four or five years, he's really come back and decided this is what he wants to do for a while.
1: If I remember, Cody said that he has a son,
2: right? yes. How old is he? Uh, He just turned nine years old, and he absolutely loves the horses. (laughs) So more than
1: likely, we're going to see a a fifth
2: generation. I I would say it's at least to some extent, yes. I would say there's a pretty good chance of that.
1: (laughs) Now, has he started jogging horses yet?
2: Uh, He hasn't started jogging yet. He rides along with us, you know but not on his own but he does like to ride and he likes to he likes to train in miles he likes to go fast <laughs> well don't we all i guess yes we do
1: <laughs> the faster the better so to speak uh, do you own all the horses that you train or at least a part of every horse
2: uh, at the current time, I own all a uh, part of all except for one that I'm training at the moment. But we usually try to keep a part of everything.
1: So basically, uh, you own everything that you have. Is it better that way? Do the do your partners uh, have a little more confidence if you are a part owner? <laughs>
2: Yes, they they seem to be a little more uh cooperative with what you want to do when you got a little skin in the game yourself. They you know, they feel that you're doing everything you can. Have you ever had somebody that wouldn't sell you a part of a horse? Uh not really, no. Most of the people they're under the you know, the understanding that that's the way we prefer to do it. Um I've even had a couple people that never had, had partners until we they came and, and then they became partners with us over the years because that, you know, we just tried to explain to them if, if everybody has the same uh, intentions of what we want for an outcome and everybody's got the same involved, it it just seems to work out better.
1: What about other family members that are not of the male gender? Uh, Do they also like harness racing as well?
2: Well, my oldest daughter absolutely loves it, but uh, she doesn't participate except for watching them because uh, she's got Down syndrome. And but it's absolutely like her biggest thrill is going to the races and watching the horses race. This whole there, coronavirus there thing just has a mess up.
1: <laughs> I think you will agree with this. There is a tremendous
2: connection
1: between individuals such as your daughter and horses isn't there?
2: Oh it's it's unbelievable and throughout the years uh, with some of the programs we've we've had her in, we've let other kids come out and, and just be around them and stuff and the uh, the just the different demeanor the horse has around children with special needs is unbelievable.
1: You know, horses I also think with youngsters, I think they're very aware that they are youngsters and it seems like some of the horses that i i mean i'm sure there's some that are not that that's small but horses sometimes protect those younger ones don't they
2: oh yes and and they'll allow children to do things to them that they would never even you know consider to let an adult do you know yeah. it, it's it's amazing i
1: remember um my family had a horse one time, and uh, my daughter, Neville, when she was about two years old, was at the barn, and she got away from us, and we couldn't find her. And we looked in this one stall of the horse, and the was a horse by the name of Lewis Lincoln, and there he was, Neville, in the straw, underneath lewis lincoln and his four legs were totally spread apart so as not to harm that two-year-old and i think that showed me the special bond they have with youngsters
2: oh yeah i i can totally believe that but the, you know I, it's just amazing the way they treat young kids
1: what does the future hold for the sport of harness racing uh you race primarily at the fairs. You race uh, at the race meets as well. How do you see our sport uh, progressing in the years to come?
2: Well, that's really kind of hard to say right now. It's it's been a little bit on the dwindle as far as you know participation and the amount of younger people that are getting involved and. With the expense of it and, and the travel, you know, that's, it's easy to understand. But I also believe that it's a, it's a good sport, and, and it's a sport that a lot of people uh, would benefit from being involved in. And I just think that we've got to do everything we can to push it forward and continue it on a, a path forward.
1: How did COVID-19 affect your operation
2: earlier this year?
1: And still affects your operation i 'm sure
2: um, it's had a small effect i can 't say it's been a, a terrible effect on uh, my operation, but you know it's it's been more of an effect from the owner's standpoint uh, you know they they get involved with this because they want to race horses and they want to watch their horses race and not being able to go uh, as I mentioned earlier, my daughter it's killing her not to be able to go to the fairs and and watch them but I, I think we've been very fortunate that uh, here in Ohio our governor, you know, stepped up and has allowed us to to get back to somewhat of a normal. And, and if we can just all do what we have to to keep going, I think we can get back where we were before it all started.
1: Well, that is certainly the hope, but I've heard a lot of people say that uh, the normal that we once knew uh, may never get back to that, uh, part of, uh, of our lifestyle. Cause it affected whether you're in the horse business or any other business, it's uh, affected us all. And, uh, it's, it's going to have long range effects, I'm afraid.
2: Yeah, I, I think to an extent, uh, we're going to have to find some different ways to do things, but, uh, you know, we, we live in a wonderful country and, uh, we always seem to find our way through, so I, I think we'll get through this too. Now, I think what
1: I, is the Greeno operation basically a nine-month, a year operation, or do you uh, find yourself racing more and more horses in the wintertime?
2: Uh, in the last few years, I've raced more in the winter. Uh, I, you know, I used to, when we had a bigger stable, we raced all year round all the time. And uh, now I'm I'm getting more to splitting it between colts and racehorses uh, just because uh, the money that we have been able to race for in the last four or five years uh, here in the state. So it's kind of changed our operation some.
1: The fares, though, will always be a big part of Ed Greeno, and I'm sure Cody as well, though.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I we participate a lot in the fairs, and we race a lot of horses at the fairs. And I think it's a great place to, uh, to teach horses and bring them through their paces. Uh, and there's a lot of really fine horses come out of the county fair programs.
1: Are the fairs a lot more fun than racing at the race meets?
2: Well, it, it definitely takes a little bit of the uh, just monotony out of it by being able to go to the fairs. You know, it's it's a different atmosphere. You get a lot more family participation at the fairs. And so it, it just makes it nicer than just having to go to the racetrack every night.
1: Well, Ed, I know that you're on your way to Cleveland at Northfield, so we don't want to tie you up much longer. But to wrap things up, a lot of parents involved in harness racing, I've heard them say, Oh, I want my son or daughter becomes a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or something like that and get out of this business. But the Greeno family has been operating since 1942, 77 years. What has the family involvement in harness racing meant to Ed Greeno and your entire
2: family? Well, I would say the biggest thing it's meant to me is it has kept our family very close. Uh, not very many people can say that they can spend almost 90% of their days with their with their entire family, and that started from when I was, uh, you know, around the barn with my grandfather and uh, my father and now my son and, and now my grandson's out. It, it gives a place, you know, where everybody can be together and everybody can work towards the same goal and even though there's ups and there's downs you know it's it's something that just not many people get the opportunity to spend that much time with their family and that i've been very appreciative for
0: when only the best is good enough horse owners look to Tizwiz nutrition your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle whether it's racing or relaxing For over 60 years, TizWiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into TizWiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with TizWiz. See the complete line of TizWiz feeds at TizWizFeeds.com. TizWiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch is presented by TizWiz. Feed the best, outperform the rest. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horseman's Association.